There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So you know how here at Made by Mamas we love a good chat all about boobs. In fact, there isn't a subject that we don't like talking about here, but we are so excited today to be bringing you an amazing Q&A with someone who knows all about, can we call boobies, boobs, breasts? It's Oops. Dr. Philip McKay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Do you get called the boob doctor? No, but my kids are forever saying to me around the dinner table, Mommy, was it about vaginas or breasts today? <laughs> <laughs> all the best bits <laughs> all the best bits boobs have been hot topic in in our house at the moment because um my son is just figuring out it's his fifth birthday soon he's now just figuring out that he came out of me um as, and he keeps telling me i came out of your vagina and then i just and then i just latched onto your boob and i just took all the milk out of you is there any milk in there now and i go no no they're just like a couple of empty chicken fillets uh, and in my head, I'm thinking, thanks to you. So we're talking about boobs a lot in the house. We're obviously talking a lot to my eldest daughter as well, who's just rising 10. So it's it's mm. always hot topic. But I feel like at the moment, there's big discussions going on in the house. Same for you, George. Are you not there with the boob chat yet? No, absolutely. Axel is absolutely disgusted by the sight of my boobs. He, if he sees me in the shower, he's like, oh God, I do not want to see you like that. That's disgusting. And then I say, oh, you know, you used to drink out of there. And then he's literally like green. Why like, do you think he's disgusted? Oh, I don't know. There are those awkward faces. He doesn't even want to see me in like my knickers. Like he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to see you like that, mum. That's disgusting. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a lovely confidence boost. I, have I thought you f- feel great about yourself, don't you, at the minute, George? Yeah, just wonderful. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. What he's beginning to understand is how how society is beginning to impact potentially on his views about breasts and this idea that maybe they should be hidden and maybe that there's something that we should talk about a little bit less. And actually, it's really difficult to separate. It was really difficult to separate women's health Mm. from women's places in society and in culture because actually there's had a really big impact on breasts and on breast health and on all areas of women's health. And when you think about breasts, society is really confused between what it wants from breasts, which is either 
to be nurturing and feed babies and, you know, be very sort of yeah. mothery. Or it's very sexualized, um, page three, mm. you know, about somebody else's attraction and arousal. None of those things are actually about what, what women feel about their breasts. One's about feeding a child and one's about about somebody else being attracted to you or being aroused by you, not about whether or not your breasts are an erogenous zone for yourself. So I think it's really interesting that that those two roles which people think of about breasts are about someone else, not about what a woman feels or a woman wants um, with regards to her own breasts. But it does show how sort of culture and society impact on what people think but I would say, so my kids are now 8, 11, and 15. Um, the 15-year-old is just like, for God's sake, mom, you've just forever talking about sex and, you know, whatever else. Um, the 11-year-old has got over the sort of boobs and bums are just funny bit, but the 8-year-old hasn't. Right. The 8-year-old completely hasn't. Um, and so if I mention breasts or or vaginas or vulvas or bottoms or whatever it is, she just starts laughing. Um, so yeah. I think there's stages that people go through, right? They do. They go through the, yeah, bum bum poo poo stage we're at. <laughs> oh, what, bum bum poo poo? Yeah, boobies, yeah. all of that. Yeah, it's a great stage. I, I do think it's I do think it's difficult though because I think I, I liked what you were talking about you know that society's view on on women's breasts everybody has such a strong opinion but yet sometimes the woman isn't really having an opinion herself but I think that's because for me my journey with my breasts they I used to absolutely love them when I was in my twenties I used to sunbathe topless on the beach I was super sexually confident with them and. When I became pregnant, they grew and I had these incredible boobs and I was constantly taking photographs of them and I was texting my husband going, oh, look, you know, tip wank boobs and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it was ridiculous, but I was loving it. I had a whole folder of my breasts. And then? After having kids and after breastfeeding, they have changed again, you know? So now I'm left with like, okay, they're not here for feeding baby and they don't feel that sexual. Therefore, what are they? And I imagine you hear that a lot. Um, so I think your breasts change throughout your whole life um, and your relationship with your body changes throughout your whole life. Um, and, and body acceptance is something which is actually very difficult because we grew up or, and girls still grow up in worlds which give very, very difficult and mixed messages about your body. Um, and when it comes to your body and what is the purpose of breasts what are breasts for you've mentioned sexual attraction and feeding what about the fact that you might find them arousing so when they're stimulating and stimulated and some women can reach nipple orgasm alone they don't need touch of anything else yep. um, so that might still be a role let's just say that you were in a, in a place where where you weren't feeding anymore that doesn't mean that you're Breasts aren't something to still be proud of. One, they did this amazing thing for you, or they didn't. You know, for some people, they didn't, and that's also okay. We have to find a way of accepting our bodies throughout that change, um, because if we don't accept ourselves, then no one else really can. I'm not even talking about loving ourselves mm. and, or positivity. I'm just talking about acceptance. And your breasts, so for example, they change they were, were how they were before puberty, they change during puberty, they change during pregnancy, after pregnancy and breastfeeding, um, and then again after the menopause. And that's because what they are mm. required for, essentially, from a mammal point of view, because we are animals, we are mammals, changes. So every month when you go through your menstrual cycle, your body is getting ready to have a baby 
and your breasts are getting ready to breastfeed, whether or not there's any chance that you're even pregnant, whether or not sex was a possibility or a pipe dream, your breasts are going, come on, here we go. I'm going to feed a baby in nine months time. When you're Mm. pregnant, they are getting ready. And then afterwards you undergo huge changes, whether you breastfeed or not. And then when you stop breastfeeding, there's changes. And then after the menopause, the lack of estrogen means that the structure of your breast change. So your breasts are made of two things. They're made of the glandular tissue that can produce milk, and they are made of fatty and connective tissue. And that glandular tissue responds to the hormones estrogen and progesterone. And when they're not there after the menopause, Mm. that glandular tissue shrinks. And when it shrinks, you're left mm. with more of the fatty connective tissue. So your breasts feel softer and they might be smaller unless you're on HRT. Um, and so different things affect your breasts throughout your life. God, mm. that's so, so interesting. I know. Do you know what? We've had loads of questions, but I think we'd also love to hear, you know, the questions that come up for you a lot as well. Um, but should we just like start with with one of them yeah just bash Um, away yeah so okay so this is kind of linked to what you were just saying will my boobs return to their pre-breastfeeding shape and size post-breastfeeding might do might not (laughs) that's a bit of a how long is a piece of string question because the shape and size of your breast depends on lots of things hormonal exposure are you on a form of hormonal contraception um, that might increase the size of your breasts might increase them temporarily and then they might go back down to normal or they might stay bigger the whole time you're on that contraception did you gain weight when you were pregnant um most people do and should you know you should gain weight when you're pregnant and um, but if you gain weight or lose weight throughout your life your breasts will change size and shape so it's not just the breastfeeding and actually people say oh no does breastfeeding make my breast sag no there isn't actually evidence for that it's it's more likely to be a combination of weight and aging and how that affects the skin so your breasts are held up that there's no muscle holding them up they sit on top of the pecs so if you Um, work out your chest muscles, they might sit slightly higher, but they're not being held up by the pecs. So they're held up by skin and connective tissue. And over time, that sags. That skin sort of loses its elasticity. And that's definitely true after the menopause, but you can sag much earlier than that. Um, And after the menopause, the skin changes. Estrogen is involved in elastin and collagen production in the skin. And so you're more likely to sag. If you smoke, then the quality of your skin won't be as good. So you're more likely to sag um, related to smoking as well. So they might return to the size and shape. They might not. Um, And that's one of the reasons why you've got to keep checking whether or not your bra's still fit. Mm. Yeah, which is is classic because we don't really do that, do we? We, I mean, I'm sometimes still pulling out the old grey bras that used to be white and putting them on and I'm thinking, oh God, it's it's time to go and get, you know, have a proper bra fitting. George, I mean, we have this discussion all the time. It's like walking around with bras that are size too big for us. And also I find even throughout the month, like I have bras that you know, not fit me, you know, 20 out of 31 days. And then for a week, they just don't. And my boobs are like bulging out of them. And now I've almost like got that bra week, that that, that little collection of bras that are slightly bigger and that are structured. And I'll wear those. But I mean, until we worked with an underwear brand, didn't we? Like a little while ago. And it wasn't until we had that chat that I even realised that was a thing. I was just suddenly like, oh, yeah, that happens to me all the time. And why am I squeezing my boobs into those bras that don't fit me during that week? Mm. Um, And being uncomfortable. You can feel your bra. 
then it and it hurts you it doesn't fit and it's often quoted yeah. that four out of five women are wearing ill-fitting bras from the women that come into my surgery i would most definitely agree with that um and we i see bras that go up like sad faces at the back um, bras to be parallel yeah. all the way around. I see straps that are digging in, straps that are falling off. I see the four four breasts where the cup is digging mm. in. I see gaping. I um, see bras, you know, six breasts, two gaping over the top, the cup, and then the falling out underneath. The central bras not fitting properly and sitting flat against the breast, or it's digging in. Um, and your bras breasts can change by approximately a cup size during your menstrual cycle. And even if they don't, you might find that they're just much more tender so that you want to wear a kind of yeah. bra or you might want to wear a soft bra at night to help support the breasts. Um, and it's not our fault. And the reason I say it's not our fault is because bra sizing is complex, complicated, and quite frankly, ridiculous, not standardized. And it started off um, being called something like egg cup, tea cup, coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as people have got bigger in society, actually, the bigger that you are, the more um, difficult bra sizing is. Same companies will make two different styles of bras and a 34C will not be the same in both of them, never mind across different brands. Um, so it's not a wonder that we struggle, but I think we often get fixated on what size we are in the same way that we might get fixated on what clothes size we are. Yeah, they vary so your much, bra don't size they? size is irrelevant. No one is looking at the label, right? No one is like, excuse me, I'm just going to lift up your shirt. Can I just see the label of what size your breasts are before I decide whether or not I find them attractive? They're not doing that so we need the bra and even if they are you know if they are i really would run away um but it we need bras that fit our breasts irrespective of what size they are and that might mean that yeah. in different brands you're different bra sizes um okay one here gland parallel to boob in armpit swells each month before my period is this normal so i'm not exactly sure what they mean by gland or when they're saying parallel, parallel to what bit? But your breast tissue is not just the circular body that sits sort of the bit that sits like two grapefruits on top of on on top of your chest. It extends all the way up to your collarbone, and the tail of Spencer the breast extends up into your armpit. Um, and so, if the breast is changing in size, then you might notice um, that there is swelling or change in size in any of those areas. Some people will have what we um, will have extra pieces of breast tissue um like you can get extra nipples you can get extra pieces of breast tissue and and they can often be around the side and in the armpit and so that might be swelling and responding to um the hormones of the menstrual cycle as well i would get it checked out though any changes i would checked out mm. and it's really important when you do check your breasts that you check the armpits as well because most of the breasts lymph nodes most of the lymph nodes that the breast drains to are in the armpit so if you're noticing lumps and bumps in the armpit it's important that that gets checked out something which is coming and going every month is seems likely to be related to your menstrual cycle but you know it, if that is a change for you i would get it checked out and it's important to also say that any advice that we're giving now is generalized medical advice i'm answering the questions but i don't need your medical history go to yes. the doc go to your gp 100 yeah, percent. if you're worried there's like like philip has said if there's any changes just go to your gp because it's not worth missing something absolutely um this is interesting since repeated mastitis with three kids one nipple is now inverted have seen doctor to check not cancer should i fix it um that's an interesting question so inverted inverted nipples if you were born with them are normal 
Um, and you might have one, you might have two, you might have nipples which um, look flat and then, um, and you can't sort of merge with the areola entirely so that they're sort of flat and then when you're cold or aroused, they pop out. Um, you might have nipples which never pop out. They always, they always turn in and they can look more like sort of almost like little lines um, in the areola as opposed to sticking out. But if that's normal for you, then that's normal. If it changes, then that's not your normal and you need to get that checked. And that might just be that your nipple points in a different direction to how it used to um, or one turns in. And so it sounds like this person has got checked out, which is really important and good. But there are other causes of um, having a, an inverted nipple. So, for example, that some scar tissue from um, those repeated infections or maybe if they had an abscess that was drained or something else might be tethering and pulling the nipple back in. Um, but the most important thing is to check out that it's not cancer. If it's not cancer, it's normal for you. Can you have surgery? Yes, you can, but it doesn't always work. And yes, you can, but they might go back in. Right, I can't okay. give a definite, it will definitely work for you without knowing the exact cause. And if it is something like a piece of scar tissue potentially tethering, um, then maybe that might be easier. But remember that even if you have another baby or you have inverted nipples in your first baby, you can breastfeed with inverted nipples. It is breast or chest feeding. It's not nipple feeding. And if a baby is just sucking the nipple, that blooming hurts. Um, oh, God, <laughs> and it causes yeah. all kinds of issues. So you can breastfeed even with inverted nipples. Okay. Brilliant. Super interesting that. Yeah. Um, now this, this is kind of relevant to me as well because I am having a breast enhancement later on in the year I was supposed to be having it in the next month but I've torn my ACL so I'm going to deal with that first and have the operation <laughs> and then do the boobs but I'm very excited about it but one of my friends said to me how are you going to check for lumps and bumps in your breast once you've had your enhancement done somebody else has messaged me saying how do you recommend checking boobs when you've had a reconstruction or enhancement surgery there are various ways and places that you can put the implants so you can put the implants under the skin or you can put the implants under the muscle underneath the breast. So if you're putting them underneath the muscle that's underneath the breast, then you've got all that breast tissue in front of it and that you examine it, um, you know, at the same as before. If you have implants which are put under the skin, it can be more difficult to feel. Still really yeah. important that you do feel and that you check in exactly yes. the same way, um, looking, touching and getting changes checked. And we can go through that, but you look in exactly the same way. Um, but then it may be more difficult to feel, you know, it will, it will be more difficult to feel underneath. And um, the other thing to say is that if you have implants and you are going for your mammograms, it's important that you tell the people when you get there because they will take more images so that they can ensure that they're trying to see the whole breast. Um, so whether or not you've got implants, had a reduction, had breast cancer and a lumpectomy, had a mastectomy, you still need to examine. You still need to check what's there. Yeah. What's going on? Um, and that actually leads on to this question. How severe is boob lift surgery? Obviously, we hear about people having implants quite a lot, but I know from a friend that she had a lift and an implant and the lift can actually be the thing that's a bit more yeah. like, you know, in depth, I guess. So yeah, how... how 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 is it really? They're not the you know they're not minor surgeries. Um, in that sort of no. having a verruca frozen off might be. Um, they involve a general anaesthetic, and a general anaesthetic has risks. All surgery has risks of bleeding, of blood clots because you're immobile for a little bit afterwards, of infection, and all the risks should be um, gone through with you so that you 
give an informed consent before you have the surgery. Um, there can be risks related to the implant itself, um, small, but, but mm. there. There can be risks related to, for example, you might have difficulties breastfeeding after you've had a breast um, lift if you've had the nipples moved. Um, it can be difficult to yes. breastfeed if you've had implants, but the nipple has has been cut through. So the nerves um, and the milk ducts have been cut. So I think that it's really important that you're making informed choices. And often actually people are having some kind of breast surgery quite early before those things are, are potentially even a consideration. But you need to be informed and ask the question so that you can make the right choice for you. And um, the recovery time will depend on exactly which surgery was done um, and how much was removed. But we're still um, not generally cutting through muscle, um, which has a, a mm. bigger um, recovery time, but they're not, they're not nothing surgeries. And if you think about yeah. having, let's say, a lumpectomy, where a lump is removed, a wide local excision, and we would be giving you special exercises to do afterwards to ensure that you get movement back in your shoulder and, and in your arm. And actually, after you have breast surgery, we should be doing them too. And that we need to be sort of thinking right. about the impact of it in the short term and try and reducing those complications and in the long term as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Okay. And actually, I think, you know, from, from, cause I had never been for, to see any form of surgeon about my boobs and I was really excited about it. And it was so fascinating having that actual process done and, you know, having my breasts photographed and because my right breast has completely dropped. So the left one, I was like, this feels like my breast, but my right breast doesn't feel like my breast anymore because when you look at it, the nipple's so much lower than the left one. So he, he's going to have to take the nipple off and lift this side, but not lift this side. Side, but it was fascinating so I'd have a little scar around my nipple there um on that side but not on this it was just the whole process I, I was like I wanted to record it all to just be like this is actually what happens when you go in there because you just don't know do you, no, you, you don't. to you the fact that breast cosmetic surgery is generally if, if it involves an implant it's generally not a lifetime surgery no 17 years so apparently so 15 years about or something. Once, so about once a decade yeah you'll have to right. have a repeat procedure um and that's fine as long as you know, you know it might last 15 17 years but on average people want to yeah. do something about once a decade how right. do you know that it's not lasting that might sound silly but you know like how do you know if you're that's a 10 a year or a 17 year you're longer happy with the shape and size of the breast right but as the rest okay, of your fine. skin and body ages the breast ages too but your implant might not interesting isn't it, it can move it can change shape and if you've had let's say that you've had radiotherapy on one breast because you've had a lumpectomy that breast gets sort of fixed in time um and and stays very firm and the other breast ages because the other breast hasn't been exposed to radiotherapy. And so then people might want to have something later to try and make them more symmetrical. But you have to remember that asymmetry is is abnormal to a certain extent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That like perfection. What what is what even is perfection? You know, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We'll be right back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? This is a good one. Big boobs, 38G, I'm 40. Are they just going to get saggier? Is there anything that I can do to help? So breast ptosis, which is the word for sagging, it can happen at any age. Um, it is more likely as you get older, but it can happen at any age. Um, and it is more likely after the menopause. And it is more likely in bigger breasts, but it can happen, happen whatever size breasts that you have. Um, and there isn't a prevention apart from don't smoke, because that will improve the quality of your skin. Um, and wearing a good bra can make can help um but it won't prevent it entirely um as you get older there are changes and actually concerningly i've seen people who say i don't want to take my clothes off i don't want to have sex because i'm so embarrassed and i'm so i find it so difficult to look at my body um and that's something which needs to be addressed and dealt with um but they not necessarily will they head south but often they will they will yeah and someone here has put after a boob reduction why do your boobs continue to grow i'm not sure what size to go to i've heard this loads about people having boob reductions and then their boobs like grow back (laughs) wow first of all i wouldn't if someone offers you a breast surgery before 18 i wouldn't go to that surgeon because you need to wait until your breasts have really finished fully growing and um, that's the first thing the second is that we don't remove all the breast tissue when you have a breast reduction and you can still gain weight and if you gain weight then your breasts will get bigger because they also contain fat cells so whether or not your breasts change size again can be related to lots of things the breast tissue that you've got left might be responding to estrogen in the pill or estrogen in hrt um or which can make your breasts a little bit bigger or a little bit more tender Mm. and if you lose weight or gain weight the breasts can keep changing size so i would say that you need to talk to your surgeon about what to aim for and what will hopefully look and feel natural on your frame but also help get rid of neck pain shoulder pain breast pain back pain that having really large breasts can cause because they are heavy um and often that's what people are having reductions for yeah my friends just had a reduction and they look amazing and she's so happy she just feels like she was like oh I just feel like myself or a person that I haven't seen for so many years now and you know all that back pain stopped and all that sort of you know really sort of cutting in the digging in and all that you know she's just love she absolutely loves them so that's great when when they're given an opportunity to ask more than one um and I think that breast health because when I think about what they ask me is sort of synonymous with other parts of women's health in that women go to the doctor when they're well. So they go because they ask for contraception and they're well. And then they go when they're trying to get pregnant and they're well. And they go when they're pregnant and that is a state of health, not a state of ill health. And, you know, and so they go when they're well a lot. And 
what they're trying to do is managing, they're trying to manage being a woman and living with periods, with painful periods, with heavy periods or whatever it is. And actually, we don't teach women to live with breasts. We don't teach them how to manage breast pain. We don't teach them how to examine themselves. We don't teach them um, sort of what to do with breasts when you're well. And we need to be answering those questions and doing those things because having breasts is part of you. So we need to be able to live with them and manage them. And they come with a relative cost, right? The cost of of being able to feed if that's what you want to do and can do because it's difficult. Um, And the cost of having them be them for sexual attraction or sexual arousal is that one in seven of us will get breast cancer at some point in our lives. God. So there is a relative cost to having them and we need to know how to manage that. Yeah. Mm, such a good point, actually. Yeah. And, and that, that, that actually leads us on to this next question, which somebody's asked, is it normal to have breast pain every month? Normal Possibly pleasurable, no. <laughs> no. Women will have cyclical breast pain, breast pain related to their periods um, for a period of time. If you have it for a few months, doesn't mean you're going to have it forever. Actually, lots of women will then get better from that. Um, so, so yes, technically it can be a normal part of your menstrual cycle, but that doesn't mean that it's pleasant and nor does it mean that you should put up with it. Um, and this idea that women have to put up with pain is something which seems to be really embedded um, and isn't correct yeah. and, and needs to be um, addressed dealt with but um it is really common to get cyclical breast pain often um in the lead up to your period and then gets better as your period um would have starts yeah. and carries on and it's to do with that those changes from estrogen and progesterone um your breast mm. essentially getting ready to have a baby you might notice that your breasts are more lumpy leading up to your period that they're more tender that you can't lie on your front and some women it's so bad that they don't even want to have a hug. Wow. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if someone someone hugs yeah. you really tightly, I've been through that when I was on the oral HRT and, I, and I've had to switch now. But every time Dozer hugged, my husband hugged me, it was like this excruciating pain. The kids would come over and I'd be like, ah, you can't do that. It was so bad. It was so sensitive to so the what can we do about it? There are things that we can do. And yeah. the first is that you can use um, simple over-the-counter painkillers and that's okay but you can use a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory gel an ibuprofen gel and rub that into the breast and that can be very helpful wearing a supportive bra makes a real difference we don't want the weight of the breast hanging off your chest wall when they're already tender and sore and then people ask about evening primrose oil and vitamin b and vitamin e there isn't really good evidence that they work. It's, so they're not recommended as a treatment. But if they help you and they don't interact with anything else that you're on and they're not causing you harm, then away you go. There's a little bit of, of evidence for flaxseed, which is definitely good for constipation, but it's not great for breast pain. And I think that we need to talk about breast health a lot more because most of the funding for breast health goes to breast cancer, which is hugely important. And I'm absolutely not saying that they shouldn't get funding. But everything else when it comes to breast health needs as well. So I'm not going to take away Mm. funding into primary breast cancer because we need that. But I would like more funding into secondary breast cancer, so advanced breast cancer. And I would like more funding into research into other aspects of breast health, be that breastfeeding or be that changes in puberty or be that wearing a sports bra and how that affects or breast pain. Because actually... Breast health is not solely one thing. It's lots of things. Yeah. And just, I mean, just to finish up, you just mentioned about wearing a bra at night. And what, 
I don't know. Historically, we've all, always been told you shouldn't Not wear a bra. Yeah. yeah. Is that a complete myth? Can you wear a bra to bed? Because I actually really like sleeping in a bra. Not an underwired one, but, you know, just like a like a little lacy thing with no underwire. Uh, under your pyjamas? Yeah. I just like it. But my yeah. husband always tells me off. He's always like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, but this oh. doesn't actually upset me. This doesn't cause me any pain. So give me the proper advice. <laughs> wear a bra at night. And if your breasts hurt you or are large, often we would recommend it. With really big breasts, the weight of that top mm. breast is going to really pull down and cause a problem. Now, um, I would wear a soft bra at night because I don't want something digging in as you change position. Um, but there's absolutely no harm in it. And if we're doing myths, let's do a few more bras don't cause breast cancer underwires don't cause breast cancer um talcum powder doesn't cause breast cancer deodorant doesn't cause breast cancer black bras doesn't cause breast cancer wow black bras that's all i wear (laughs) there was a thing people wondering that there's something in the dye that causes breast cancer no having your mobile phone in if you had a blazer pocket doesn't cause breast cancer um so yes you can wear a bra at night and as i said often we recommend it and if you're breastfeeding in order to prevent your bed getting wet yeah recommend wearing a bra with a pad in it with a with a breastfeeding pad in it otherwise i would have soaked the bed on multiple times 100 percent. don't need to get up and change the bed sheets as well exactly yeah. okay brilliant that's great okay. advice so there you go George. i'll judge you jane to piss off can't wait this this <laughs> this moves me very very seamlessly onto nipple orgasms which i want to pick up again yes. and I would, i'd love to talk about um the subject of you know how we feel about our breasts and you know that that sort of overriding i don't know only can use myself as an example but you know every time my husband kind of goes there to, to kiss them I think I used to be so aroused by my breasts yeah. and now I'm like my child has sucked milk yeah. from them I'm really struggling to see them as sexual things for me not necessarily for same. him but he loves it I'm, I can't, no, get, I can't past get past that. it at the moment I'm, I'm really can't. trying hard so could you talk to us about that a little bit a number of things first of all a nipple orgasm is when as I said before you can reach orgasm from stimulation of the nipple alone and we know um, that that it releases the hormones which are released at orgasm and um, even I think they did a study where they looked at, at brain stimulation um, and and the same parts of the brain were lit up as when genitals were stimulated so that's definitely a very real thing and even if you can't reach nipple orgasm for lots of people they find it um, arousing um, and that it contributes to sexual arousal the next part about about sort of separating the feeding bit from the arousal bit is difficult. Um, and again, and that's because and society really has a, a, a problem with the sort of the Madonna whore complex, isn't it? Um, that, you know, mm. you, you must breastfeed, says society, even if it's impossible for, even if it's really hard for you, even if it's affecting your mental health, you must breastfeed, but don't show us. Oh my God. Ah! Please feed your baby um, in a place where people defecate. Um, that's what they say. So those are two mixed messages. And then if if breasts are sexual um, and mustn't be seen, but so too you can't show a mastectomy scar. God forbid that we show the absence of a breast. So there are loads of mixed messages out there, which is really difficult. And Adidas had an advert um, which the Advertising Standards Authority banned but it wasn't banned on Twitter and it showed loads of pairs of breasts and it was put out there because they were saying, you know, there's lots of different breasts and we have lots of different bras. Yep. 
it was brought down because it was nudity and potentially offensive when people weren't prepared for it, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought, actually, that diversity, showing that diversity, showing nipples that are mm. big or small or low or hairy or, um, you know, inverted and breasts which are big or small and pointing downwards or asymmetrical or whatever showing that diversity in reality is really helpful for women it is. yes yeah understand that theirs are normal and it's okay um and especially when they're just bombarded with images in the media which are picture perfect and not real um so i think that there's a lot of mixed messages going around I think it's really common for women when they have young children and they are their bodies are going through so many changes that their libido drops for lots of different reasons, one of which is that they're just bloody tired. Um, yeah. And they get touch fatigue, which is that young children are all over you all the time and your body is no longer yours. And so you have a moment where it's yours and then along comes a partner and you're like, well, just everyone stop touching me. Um, and, and these are very real things. And I think that it takes time and a lot more time than we allow ourselves as women come yeah. back to our bodies in a sexual way and that includes your breasts um because it takes time for us to sort of go through all these processes and for our children to get bigger if we have them um but nipples are so important to sexual arousal that you can even get sex toys which are sort of they look like they look like vibrators but sort of like ring lights with the top googling it now <laughs> googling it right now <laughs> and they sort of vibrate to stimulate so ah. nipples are definitely um, important but if we go back to surgery for example that when you're having plastic surgery that your surgeon needs to talk to you about that because you might not have the sensation that you did before you might have more sensation than you did before but you might not and that just reminds me, for the person who has an inverted nipple, um, sometimes piercing them can help bring them out. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. Oh, my God, I feel like I've learned so much. I'm like, <laughs> <And> me. <laughs> I thought I knew a lot about boobs, but I definitely don't. <laughs> Clearly um, don't. Um, yeah. Philippa, thank you. We, we'll probably have to say goodbye to you. We've got so many more questions to get through, but that just leaves us open to do another podcast another time if we can. Um, but thank you for coming on and, you know, normalising everything because it does, like you said, it does really make you feel like you're not the only one, doesn't it, George? Exactly. It's lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank brilliant. you, Philippa. Thank you so Keep much. doing what Thanks. you're doing. <laughs> wow. Who knew we could talk about boobs for that long? And we could have gone on, you know actually, what? couldn't we? <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like you and I can talk about anything for as long <laughs> as there is time to talk we'll always be chatting about something that was so interesting you know it really was and I think it's funny you know how she sort of was saying people come in you know to talk to her about something and then actually it turns into a conversation about loads of you know actually they want to ask yeah. about why do their boobs change like halfway through the month and why does this happen and why does their nipple mm. look like that um, mm. and so yeah as always with these chats we're just so glad that we get to I guess talk about these taboo subjects that you might not even feel comfortable talking to like your best friends about. Which is so sad because boobs are such wonderful things. And I thought it was really interesting how um, she kept, you know, mentioning there were various points in the podcast where she, you know, there was a real kind of passion for normalising, you know, boobs and breasts and, and, and how we see them. And actually that whole messaging around, you know, you have to breastfeed, but actually we don't want to see it. You know, I yeah. thought that was quite amazing. I mean, I you remember they they used to call me the mustard ghost because I had this massive <laughs> mustard 
sheet muslin that I used to put over my head and I would be like battling and then there would be people looking and I'd be like why didn't I just get my boobs out and just breastfeed I know I know and it's just so weird isn't it how they're they're meant to do these two very different jobs so like one like nurturing like you know feeding a baby and another attracting you know well attract like being a sexual object I guess yeah like it's so it's weird like there's such conflicting things (laughs) and yet they're supposed to be used for those two different jobs I I just love the fact that I said tit wank on that podcast (laughs) I mean to be honest nothing surprises me anymore a podcast with a tit wank mention is a great podcast in my opinion absolutely now do you know what products let's not talk any more about tit wanks no um, but products I think we should talk about our favourite like underwear brands yes Um, go on you you kick us off well actually I'm going to kick us off with um, I've got really into wearing like bralettes they're not great if you've got a bigger bigger bust but I'm only a size B so I can get I can get away with wearing them and I sometimes wear them under like shirts that are slightly open and they just give quite a sort of sexy silhouette and I'm really I just got one from La Redoute La Redoute I could probably say it in a, in, a, in a better French accent, but um, they've got loads in the sale at the moment. The one that I got is a black lace one and it's only £14, so we'll link it for you, but it's really gorgeous. It looks really sexy. It makes me feel really good. Yeah, I know. I love a little bralette as well. And that's what I'm saying, especially like, for sleeping in. Like sometimes that's just not like, I don't know. I just quite like it. Just yeah. have like the comfort of wearing a bra, especially when they're really tender yes. um, at certain times of the month. Now, I am a big fan of the Rosie Huntington Whiteley range at M&S. I think that the bras are beautiful. They fit me really well. Um, and it's just one of those brands that I go to. Like they're not, you know, they're not just nude and white and black plain at all. They are pretty, like even a bit sexy, but they're from M&S they're really like easy to get your hands on and they don't cost very much so yeah I I really really love that range and I have done for years Um, so my uh, next um, underwear brand that I really love is called Pour Moi another French one Um, but they do they do sizes from A to J so they really do cover all bases and they've got some really fantastic um, balcony bras push up bras kind of everyday ones really great I think like cost per bra you know obviously it's one of those things that I tend to invest in my bras like if they're not like massive sums kind of you know around 40 pounds you think about how many times you wear them I know you want a good bra Um, so yeah that's that's yeah one of my favourites yeah Um, and for me just to finish up I was the other day I was sent some underwear from Never Fully Dressed I didn't even know that they did underwear Um, but as you can imagine they're like bright pink really like out there funky but no underwire they're not in sizes either I think they just sell them in like small medium large but again like the sort of bras that I mean I probably wouldn't necessarily wear it out you know like under clothes but for wearing to bed or like around the house or whatever absolutely beautiful and they do look very nice as well gorgeous and then just from me just one more just a luxury brand that I absolutely love and you're gonna I know that you're gonna love these Rigby and Pella yes but the bras are like 110 yeah. pounds 100 they are expensive but if you're going to treat yourself to a really nice set, I always head there. Do you know what? It's actually a lovely experience as well. Yeah. Like if you go into the shop and you have, you know, you get measured and it's almost like a day out type of thing. Um, and then you treat yourself to a lovely set. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like a day out with a gorgeous it's bra a at the end day of it. Out. Yeah, no, it is. I'm sure you even get a glass of something in there. You, as well. you absolutely should for 115 do. quid. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> it's, it's an experience. Yeah, yeah, that's it. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. As always, thank you for sending in your great questions all around boobs. Um, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe, and please give the podcast a little follow as well if you can. Yeah, and any suggestions for topics for these Friday Q&As, boobs, bums, where will we go next? <laughs> um, then please do drop us a message. We're on at Made by Mamas on Instagram, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production, and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.